hi, I'm Fruity, it's Alex, and it's Fruity's ultimate game show thing. Let's have fun. Yay! <laughs> Do it properly. <laughs> All right. If I have to. Hey, going humans. It's me, at Fruity is Alex, for another episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, Fruity's Fantasy Fun Time. Uh, we are in year two, month seven. Where has the time gone? We're right in the thick of things now. Uh, we're recovering from a marathon uh, talk is fantasy episode. Uh, the last one, if you haven't listened to that, go back and check that out. But without further ado, with me today is the head honcho of the World Wrestling Federation, Chris Thunder. How you doing, man? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, month seven, what, what have you got lined up for us today? A lot. Beautiful. Uh, I, in... I've made a big error. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know what happened, but I wrote this, this episode as if I was going last. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so this will be a marathon as well, I think. Oh man, maybe. Um, hang on. Where? Ah, oh, jeepers. Let's see. I don't know where the mix-up happened, but yeah, I am going first today. Uh, I've got 13 pages. Oh boy. Um, all right, should we talk about the twist we're coming off of? Yeah. So... Uh, in the month six episode, Chris Thunder drew a that doesn't work for me, brother card that he can use at any point. I wonder if he's going to use it today. We'll find out. And I drew a wellness violation for a wrestler. Um, and that's fine. Uh, something to fantasy book with year two. Talk is fantasy. Uh, we had a celebrity draft, so some new blood coming in. Two picks each. Uh, full disclosure, Chris got three people out of that, which was fine. Um, and then there was the big shake-up, so we could see some new faces on either show today, which included one random free agent drawing for each of us. And there were three twists drawn. Um, WWF drew a shoot card, an extra twist, so that is for this month. Or next. Or next. And he drew a reverse battle royal. I drew a feast or fired card. As that doesn't work for me, brother card as well, so we've now got that. And a nine-month injury for The Undertaker, which got blocked. 
<laughs> I loved your face as soon as you saw that. You're like, I can work around pretty much anyone except for like two or three people. And it just happened to be one of those two or three people you couldn't work around. Yeah, yeah. That's like, my goodness. If that went through, it's like two years worth of booking for Sting down the drain. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I knew as soon as you drew that what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, and I should um probably elaborate the feast or fired thing is a gimmick where there's th- four briefcases, one briefcase has a fired thing inside of it. But this isn't just a gimmick fired. If well, whoever pulls down that briefcase has to legitimately get fired by a promotion. Yay, I think. So, uh, humans, you won't have to wait long to hear about what I do with that. <laughs> Exciting. Um, and besides that, like, uh, that last episode, about four hours of chit-chat about this. It was fun. It was therapeutic. It's probably a million things I forgot to bring up because... By the end of it, I was actually kind of hammered. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Um, what's in store for us today, Chris? Yeah, what? so uh, the main announcement is the uh, the Antonio Noki Triple H match at In Your House in Japan, uh, as well as a couple of other feature matches because Anoki won the gauntlet match uh, last month. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away just yet. No, that's very exciting. Um, WCW has the bash of the bash at the beach coming up. Um, there's a couple of matches that were already announced, um, such as Brock Lesnar versus Steve Blackman and a five-way for the women's title. Full disclosure. Those matches are now no longer happening. Card subject to change. But if you're going to replace a match, you're going to replace it with something big, and you'll hear about that in week one. But the one match that hasn't changed that is announced for Bash at the Beach is the Hardy Boys versus the Bomb Squad for the World Tag Titles. Uh, Can you just remind us who is in the Bomb Squad? It is Mike Awesome and Sid Vicious, uh, two masters of the power bomb, if you will, and they are managed by James Mitchell, the sinister minister. Because I keep thinking Bomb Squad, I keep thinking Adam Bomb. No, you have him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um, yeah, should we get down to it then? Alrighty, let's get into it. Uh, I've got a couple of huge television shows coming up so we better dive straight into it all right without further ado it is wcw nitro on the road to bash at the beach week one live from memphis tennessee we open up the show with an announcement tonight we will have a special championship celebration in the main event tonight for Chris Jericho on his show, The Highlight Reel. Oh, hang on. 
My thing just got out of my notes. There we go. Uh, Paul Heyman announces that tonight uh, we will have the tonight on Nitro, we will have break briefcases hanging above each ring post. In one briefcase, there'll be a tag title shot, a US title shot, and a world title shot. These title shots can be used whenever the holder pleases. In the fourth case will be a pink slip, and that holder of that briefcase will be fired. We've randomly selected all participants. Uh, they are as follows. Tommy Dreamer, Road Warrior Animal, Michael Hayes, Sabu, Jamie Noble, Conan, Eddie Guerrero, Henry Godwin, and a mystery participant. And the tenth and final participant will be Edge. If by chance Edge pulls down the US title shot, he will be allowed to cash in his shot for one of the titles not represented in his briefcase. Because he is, after all, the US champion. Uh, Rock comes out with Rikishi and Yokozuna, and they announce that despite all their differences, they are family and they have each other's backs. The Ruthless Aggression Era, a backstage and issue a challenge to Rock and his family members, Rikishi and Yoko, to a five-on-five tag match next week. Uh, Rock accepts and says he will find some family members. Vince McMahon says that Rock, Rikishi and Yoko are given the night off and banned from the arena as they don't want anyone to ruin Jericho's championship celebration. And Rock, I hope you keep it, your eye on the match Big Show, Batista and Brock will have tonight because they will be teaming up against Meng and the Wild Samoans. Uh, Rock, Rikishi and Yoko get escorted out of the arena by security. And out comes Meng and the Wild Samoans, but they're jumped by Big Show, Batista, and Edge on the stage. Uh, Sorry, Big Show, Batista, and Brock. Big Show chokeslams Uffa off the stage through a table. Uh, Batista hits a spear to seek off the other side of the table, and Brock hits an F5 through an announce table to Meng. All three men get loaded into an ambulance, and out of nowhere, a mystery person driving a truck runs into the ambulance that the Wild Samoans and the and Meng are in. Uh, Vince comes out and says, it looks like these three idiots won't have any family to pick next week. Good luck finding two partners. Vince also says, Rock, Rikishi, Yoko, you might have trouble getting along because if your team wins... Whoever gets the pinfall will get a shot at Chris Jericho at Bash at the Beach. I sincerely hope that stipulation doesn't ruin that heart, that heartwarming family reunion you guys are having. Ha <laughs> uh, Norman Smiley wins a hard-fought television title match against Harker Holly with a fluke roll-up, and that moves him to five title defenses on his road to 13. Uh, Maurice and the beautiful people are backstage with the American gigolo Rick Rude, who was revealed as the American gigolo at uh, the Great American Bash. Says, I understand last night didn't go to plan and your identity was revealed, but I appreciate 
everything you've done for me, Maurice talking. But remember, you have to work to pay me back for that throat surgery I paid for. But I need to focus on the women's title. And while I do that, I've hired you a little protection because after all, Amul and Maurice, you're our top star. And I worry that deranged dude love Cactus Jack, whatever his name is, will be coming after you with your identity revealed. So meet your new bouncer, Rick Rude. Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow and the American Gigolo. Uh. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mickey James beats uh, Velvet Sky in a match. After the match, Maurice and the beautiful people beat down Mickey. Trish makes a save, but Paul Heyman interrupts and bans Mickey, Maurice, and the beautiful people from the arena because Paul Heyman just received a phone call and Trish Stratus will be defending her women's title right now. Trish is waiting for her opponent and she gets jumped from behind. It's a woman in a hoodie. The woman hits a huge tiger bomb. One, two, three. New woman's champion. The woman takes off her hood to reveal it's Wendy Richter. Wendy Richter is your new WCW women's champion, making her the first person to hold a world title in both companies doing this. I got this done right away before you could do it. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's good. I, I was thinking the same thing as soon as you um picked her up. That's probably what you were going to do. Maybe a little... uh. Reverse spider lady. <laughs> so, yeah, well done. It's kind of what I did, actually. I didn't even think about the spider lady thing. Oh. But, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, uh, my goodness. Buried in your mind. Yes, yes. The original screw job, if you will. Um. Anyway, uh, backstage, the Hardy Boys and Lita get ambushed by the Bomb Squad and James Mitchell. The Hardys get taken out. And Sinister Minister orders the Bomb Squad to hit a double powerbomb on Lita through a table backstage, and they leave. Paramedics check on Lita. RVD beats a local, but after the match, a lady comes out. It's Terry Runnels. She's smoking a cigar and says, you're a marked man. Gold Dust comes from behind, attacks RVD with a low blow, and leaves with Terry. So Goldust has a has an ally, if you will. Uh, Thunder Hour time. New Jack comes out, cuts a promo saying, "Now that Cactus is in his rearview mirror, he wants anyone that thinks they're hardcore to step up to the plate and bash at the beach." Out comes the Sandman, who interrupts and says he wants his title back that he got screwed out of in February. New Jack agrees that he deserves a title shot. They get interrupted by Conan, who does his usual spiel. Orale, viva la raza. Let's get bowdy, bowdy, all that sort of stuff. Um, and says it's about time he had a shot at some gold, but he gets jumped on the ramp by Raven and his flock. Raven gets in the ring and says he wants a title shot. 
He wants the title whilst the flock continue to attack Conan. But out comes Eddie Chavo, Ray, and Kidman who brawl with the flock. Paul Heyman shows up on the screen and says there's a lot of tension rising at the moment. I've just come up with an idea. Sandman, you definitely deserve your shot at the extreme title. But Raven and Conan, you guys need to earn your shot. So at Bash at the Beach, it will be Raven's Flock, Dreamer, Maven, Lash LaRue and Canyon versus Filthy Animals, Eddie, Charvo, Ray and Kidman. If the Flock win, wins, Raven will be inserted into the match. If the Filthy Animals win, Conan will be inserted into the extreme title triple threat match. Uh, Farouk comes out and destroys a local. After the match, uh, Paul Bearer cuts a promo and says, Sting, you are lucky against the boss, man. Uh, I'm not going to continue doing that. But our dominator, Farouk, will destroy you by any means necessary. Sting appears in the rafters with a microphone and says he wants to make things interesting. Not only if he wins at Bash at the Beach will he get to advance on his road to The Undertaker. If he wins, he wants the rights to choose Undertaker and Kane's opponents at Month 8's Ragnarok Rumble. But if he loses, not only will he leave WCW, but his entire crow's nest will leave. What do you say, Paul? Paul replies, oh, yes. Uh, Thunderground time. Vince and Brock are in the Thunderground. They announce that Steve Blackman is a coward. He quit WCW. He couldn't cut the mustard. He likes to portray himself as a tough guy, but he's a coward who's afraid of my conqueror. I'm sure he'll be fine jerking the curtain in the minor leagues. Vince says he has an open contract in his hand for a title shot at Bash at the Beach. And if anyone has enough balls, all you have to do is grab the contract from Brock's hands. He has even signed it already. Before he finishes his sentence, Vince gets laid out. The attacker jumps on Brock and lays him out. He signs the contract and says he will be Brock's challenger and he is picking the rules. An ultimate rules match. Five five-minute rounds in an octagon. It will be Brock Lesnar versus Ken Shamrock. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a UFC fight on pay-per-view. I didn't think you'd go there. <laughs> hey? I said I didn't think you'd go there. Uh, yeah, there was a thought to save it for a bigger show, but things have changed. Uh, it's time for Feast or Fired. Eddie Guerrero, Tommy Dreamer, Road Warrior Animal, Michael Hayes, Conan, Henry Godwin, Jamie Noble, Sabu, and Edge are awaiting the mystery participant. <laughs> it's the debuting... Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> this is an absolute absolute clusterfuck of a match. Everyone desperately trying to climb up the posts. At one point, the entire Ruthless Aggression Era run down and lay out everyone. It gives Edge enough time to climb up, and Edge grabs the first briefcase. 
Uh, they continue fighting with nine men now. And at one point, Raven's flock come down to try and help Dreamer, but the filthy animals come down as well. Brawl erupts into the crowd whilst everyone is distracted. Dory Funk grabs a briefcase. Two cases left. Road Warrior Animal grabs the second last briefcase, and Eddie Guerrero grabs the last. After the match, all four briefcase holders are on the ramp with Mean Gene. Mean Gene says it's time to find out what's in each briefcase. Who wants to open up first? Road Warrior Animal opens up his briefcase. And what do you know? It's a tag title shot. Hawk and Ellering come out and congratulate Animal. Ellering grabs the mic and says he already knows when the Road Warriors will challenge for the tag titles. We can use this whenever we want. But we, we want the champions to be at their best, whoever the champs are. And we want to give them time to prepare because the Road Warriors will challenge the champions at Starcade. Uh, Edge opens up his and he looks at it first with a huge shocked look on his face before he reveals it to the crowd. It's a world title shot. Edge has a world title shot. Eddie and Dory Funk open their briefcases simultaneously. Welcome to WCW Dory Funk. He reveals his briefcase to be a fired briefcase. <laughs> Dory just got here and now he's fired. Eddie opens his to reveal, yes, the US title shot. And Edge runs back down and lays Eddie out with his world title briefcase. Now, if I'm correct... I can release Dory Funk at the end of this episode because it's been a month. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, welcome to WCW Dory Funk. <laughs> and goodbye. And goodbye, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit uh, unnecessary. <laughs> it was a bit mean, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, of all the people you have on your roster, <laughs> uh, you do you. Uh, there's people on my roster that you might not think I'm going to use that I'm going to use. Uh, Chris Jericho comes out for the main event. It is the Highlight Reel Championship Celebration. We see a giant analog TV that he refers to. It's like just one of those giant solid state tellies from back in the 90s. And he refers to it as the slightly expensive Geritron 300. He turns the knob on the television screen to reveal the Highlight Reel logo. This is early stages of the Highlight Reel. He welcomes everyone to Monday Night Jericho. He says he wants to keep this brief because the Ruthless Aggression Era are waiting for him at a nearby Marriott with all of the decent bubbly he could find in this shithole state. In recent months, not only has he beaten that burnout RVD, he's been that piece of trash Dwayne and that crippled Stone Cold, but last night he fair and square defeated the so-called heart and soul of WCW, Sting. So what I want is everyone is everyone in this arena to get on their knees and bow down to me. 
because I have truly proven to be the real king of the world. Not only the true king of wrestling, I mean, whatever happened to that Macho King guy, but I'm the true king of pop culture. Elvis who? I have better moves than that deep-fried peanut butter sandwich-eating ass clown ever had. I think it's easy to say I am the one true king of Memphis. What? Oh, my God. It's Jerry the King Lola. Crowd goes insane. It's prime Lola from the 80s. He gets in the ring and stares down with Jericho. He takes off his crown and raises it. The crowd goes nuts. Jericho raises his title and the crowd boos. Lawler kicks Jericho in the nuts and hits a pile driver and holds up the title to end Nitro. Jerry Lawler in WCW. Yeah, now if only he could appear in some bingo hall. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not really expect you to... Uh... To book him, uh, if you will. Oh, looks like he's going to be in a pretty prominent role. Yeah, funny that. Um, <laughs> should we get down to it? Let's get down to it. Week one. Uh, year two, mum seven, WWF Raw, week one. Coming to you from Long Island, New York. Howard Finkel officially welcomes the crowd says that we're officially on the road to Tokyo. Uh, he then frost, froze to Jogger backstage, who is with Enochiasms, Hamada and Bull. Uh, Joel says, congratulations, lady. With your leader winning the gauntlet match last night, you will now receive t- uh, a beat-the-clock challenge matches um, in Japan with the fastest woman getting the championship match at the pay-per-view. He reaches into the tumbler and pulls out a name. Well, good luck, ladies. First will be Hamada. Ooh. Uh, match number one of the night. China is pissed off after last night's loss and all fired up. Uh, challenging Ali. Making her uh, re-debut here. Uh, all fired up against a veteran. Uh, all fired up against Ali. Um, China makes quick work of her being the veteran here, winning after a gorilla press slam. And in the post-match, grabs a mic. Is this the best the women's division has to offer? What a joke. I'm issuing an open challenge to any woman from outside the company to face me in Japan. We then cut backstage to Joel Gertner, who's with the sheep herders. And Pat O'Connor says, next week in Japan, we are challenging the American males to a tag team match. Uh... Uh, to move up the ranks going towards Tokyo. After break, in the ring is acting commission, acting WWF Commissioner Vern Gagne. He says, sadly, Jim Barnett is still in a coma, but our thoughts and prayers go out to him at this time. Now, the board, will, uh, the board has met again this morning and has reached the conclusion on urgent news. So let's bring them out. Here comes the Main Street Posse. Vern says, now, the board has looked into this matter, and the fact is you're not signed. I mean, you're signed to Team Taz, but let's be honest, is he paying you? Uh, 
Are we really surprised with that coming from a renegade? <laughs> now, Taz is still suspended. Yes, you could join him, but you don't exactly scream extreme, do you? So can you say that the ECW would stay law to you? <laughs> you see, what I hold in my hand is a guarantee contract. If you come work for me, um, if you come work for me, I can guarantee you good money. The posse huddle up, and then Rodney uh, steps up and says to Vern, we accept. Vern gladly hands them the contract and then complains to the crowd, Team Taz is dead. What you're looking at now is the American wrestling agents. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. Very good acronyms right there. Uh, thank you. Match number two, Fit Finley versus the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. It's a very technical match with Finley trying to prove he's still a championship contender. But as he goes for the rolling hills, it's counted into a running power slam by Bulldog for the win. And as Bulldog is celebrating in the ring, he's interrupted by the European champion, Lord William Regal, by video. Ah, I see you managed to accomplish a victory there over that dastardly Finley. Now, you may be quite pesky. However, my assistant will see you next week. Uh, so after that, we go into the locker room. We see Chronic talking to the doctor uh, and they uh, get told bad news. What do you mean we can't go to Japan? The doctor sort of says, I'm sorry, guys, but it was a decision from the higher-ups not to anger the Japanese government. Why don't you take some time off and enjoy seeing the country? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, we see a man in a suit enter the locker room area and greet the FBI. Uh, and greet the FBI, then ushering them out to the car park. Uh, and then he leaves to the car park. As he's handed the note to Lil Nunzio, it's simply, uh, he simply looks at the others and says, men, we've been summoned. Uh, match number three is the blue guy, the hardcore champion versus Disco Inferno in a hardcore match. In the beginning, it's just the two men with no seconds presence, but before long, the Blue World Order and Alex Wright are at the ringside brawling and everyone's down. And then all of a sudden, Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert. He runs down, spare to Disco, pulls Meanie on top. One, two, three. And Blue Meanie is still hardcore champion somehow. Attaboy, Meanie. Uh, Backstage in the baller room, Al Snore is talking ahead when he hears something. Did you, did you hear something? And as he goes to turn around, he's hit from behind. He's down, knocked down on the ground, and all we see after the camera's been bumped down is a hand bend down and pick up head by the hair and exit the room as we go off the air. Beautiful. Eh, short but sweet. Al Snow main eventing Raw. All things are perfect. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, you really know who's over, and you're capitalising on that, so I appreciate that. Um, the Main Street Posse leaving Team Taz, uh, not something I expected already, but... I'm very interested in seeing where this goes. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's going to play out really well, and it's one of my more long-term things. Beautiful, beautiful. Alrighty, so week two Nitro live from Nashville, Tennessee. We didn't travel too far this week. Uh, we open up cold with Rock, Yoko, and Rikishi arriving in the arena parking lot. Yoko and Rikishi get in the re- arena first, but are jumped by Brock and Big Show. The door shuts behind them, and Rock is locked outside. He turns around, gets speared by Edge. Batista hits a jackhammer on Rock on the hood of the car. We see a Hummer in the background. Jericho, Batista, and Edge throw Rock in the back of a Hummer, and the Hummer drives off with the Rock in the back. We see the license plate is an Illinois license plate, and it says WRM-91 on the plates. Commentators speculate it had to be Vince driving, but the camera pans around to reveal Vince was watching the ambush from a safe distance. Vince walks over to Yoko and Rikishi and says, looks like you'll need to find three partners for tonight. And Meng and the Samoans are on the injured list. See you boys in the main event tonight. All right, Wendy Richter comes out and celebrates with her title. She says she is the first person in Fug's history to hold a world title in both major promotions. She isn't here to hold open challenges and give everyone a title shot. You have to earn it. Paul Heyman interrupts and says he read over Richter's contract. He, he saw that she has accrued leave from her last place of employment and that she somehow managed to get that to roll over into a new WCW contract. Hell of a legal team you have there, Wendy. But here's the thing. You are eligible to compete next month, and next month you will defend your women's title every single week. Because the five-way at Bash at the Beach has been changed to an eight-woman tag. Moore and Maurice will, will need to find a partner, and Trish and Mickey will find two partners. The winning team will get one-on-one title shots on each week of Nitro next month. Wendy says, okay, but I'll at least get the pay-per-view off, right? And Heyman says, well, about that. Your opponent of Ragnarok, should you make it there, will be the Dark Bride, Michelle McCool, in a match of her choosing. Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero are in action next against Canyon and Tommy Dreamer. Both Sandman and New Jack are on commentary giving their thoughts on who the third man will be in the triple threat match on pay-per-view. The rest of the flock and the filthy animals are at ringside and they brawl into the ring and cause a double DQ and both factions brawl to the back. Uh, Farouk destroys a local while Sting watches from the rafters. Big Boss Man comes out and challenges Norman Smiley to a TV title match tonight. Norman accepts. Smiley gets dominated for the majority of this match, but he somehow makes a comeback. He hits the big wiggle on Boss Man, but Bearer distracts the ref, and Farouk runs in and beats down Smiley. But Sting comes down from the rafters and hits both Boss Man and Farouk with his bat, and he brawls with Farouk up the ramp, and Norman Smiley 
pins Boss Man in the ring and Smiley moves to six on his road to 13. Mean Gene is with RVD backstage and he says uh, he has no idea what Goldust's problem is, but he's going to find out why they call him Mr. Mr. PPV at Bash at the Beach. He gets interrupted by Paul Heyman who says, Goldust and RVD have been very impressive since coming here. And I feel like that mate that match needs big stakes. So whoever loses will have to enter the Ragnarok Rumble at number one. But whoever wins, well, the number 30 spot's taken. But I can give the winner number 29. And RVD says, cool. Uh, Cactus Jack comes out for a match against the local and squashes the local and cuts a promo saying his good friend Dude Love was heartbroken by what Rick Rude did, so he asked Cactus to do his dirty work. So Cactus challenges Rude to a match at Bash at the Beach. Rude and Bam Bam come out and Rude starts to say, Mick, you know I didn't want this to happen. I'm being forced to do this by... Bam Bam grabs the mic out of Rude's hands and says, Cactus, if you have any balls at all, you will take us both on in a no-DQ handicap match. Cactus accepts. Cactus says he was hoping they would say that because he has a few tricks up his sleeve. Bang, bang. Uh, The Bomb Squad practically murder the Holy Cousins and quickly get the win. After the match, James Mitchell sets a table up and orders Awesome and Vicious to hit a double powerbomb to Molly Holly through a table. They have her up but get stopped by the Hardy Boys. They run off the bomb squad and have saved Molly from serious injuries. A Thunder Hour time, Trish and Mickey are backstage talking to Gal Kim and they make it official. Gal Kim will be one of Trish and Mickey's partners at Bash at, at the Bash at the Beach. They get interrupted by Wendy Richter, who says, I know I'm meant to have time off, and I hope Trish can understand that, that I was offered an incredible opportunity, and I just took advantage of it. But Wendy wants to help, and she wants to, and she says she wants to team up with Gal, Trish, and Mickey at the Bash. And when they win, she just wants one thing. One week without a title defense. Trish, sa- Trish says she doesn't trust Wendy, but she felt Wendy's ability last week, and she knows it's better to have Richter on her side than against her. It's official now. Trish, Gal, Mickey, and Wendy will be a team at Bash at the Beach. Thunderground time. Ken Shamrock destroys five men in the Thunderground whilst Brock watches from his throne, preparing for his main event tonight. Both men, Shamrock and Brock, have an intense stare down. Paul Heyman announces that at Bash at the Beach, we will have, yeah, catch a load of this idea, Hoggy. We will have a three-way tag team match at Bash at the Beach that he calls the sacrifice three-way match. Whoever wins the match will get a title shot. Whichever team loses but doesn't get pinned has to have a match against each other the following night's Nitro as only one member of that team will be allowed in the Rumble. And the team that gets pinned has to make the ultimate sacrifice and break up. 
the first team that will be entered in the sacrifice three-way match deserves another shot at the title again, and it will be the Dudley boys. Next week, we will have two qualifying matches determined by lethal lottery randomness to determine the other two teams involved. And it's main event time. It's meant to be five on five. And if a member of the babyface team gets the pin, that person will get a title shot at Bash at the Beach. Out comes Jericho, Lesnar, Edge, Batista, and Big Show representing the Ruthless Aggression Era. Uh, Out comes Yokozuna. And then Rikishi, who stands on the stage. Have they found some extra partners? Rikishi stands on the stage, and he reaches into his trunks, and he pulls out sunglasses. That was interesting. Oh, my God. It's the debuting. Too cool. Out comes Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Too Hotty dancing down the ramp with Rikishi. The match starts. It's four on five. Looks like they couldn't come up with the last minute replacement for The Rock. The Ruthless Aggression Era are dominating Too Cool and preventing Rikishi and Yoko from tagging in. Edge is dominating Scotty Too Hotty who tags in Grandmaster Sexay. But out of nowhere comes Ken Shamrock. He hits a belly-to-belly on Brock through the announce table. He drags Brock up the ramp and continues to brawl with him. It's now four versus four. Rikishi tags in. Batista hits a huge spear. And the crowd start to do a very familiar chant at Batista. Brock comes out. uh, Brock comes back. Um after recuperating from that belly-to-belly through a table. Big Show and Yoko start brawling outside. Rikishi and and Batista brawl outside. Scotty Too Hotty and Edge brawl into the crowd. Um, Sorry. Scotty Too Hotty and Edge brawl into the crowd. All that's left is Chris Jericho and Grandmaster Sexay. Jericho starts dominating Sexay. But out comes Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler gets on the apron. He's begging for the tag. He's going to be the fifth man. Grandmaster Sexay makes a comeback and hits a familiar-looking pile driver on Jericho. But Lawler makes the blind tag. Sexay almost looks confused. Lawler picks up Jericho. Pile driver again. One, two, three. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho gets pinned by Jerry Lawler, and Jerry Lawler will face Chris Jericho for the title at Bash at the Beach. The rest of the baby faces celebrate with Lawler, and, Grand- and Grandmaster Sexay reluctantly high-fives Jerry Lawler to end Nitro. Well done, sir. I like what you're doing. Yes, yes. There's a story at hand. Okay, so... Uh, Rory's War Week 2, we go to Osaka Joe Hall in Osaka, Japan. Kicking things off with uh, match number one tag team uh, match is the Bushwhackers, uh, Butch Miller and Luke Williams with Pat O'Connor versus the American Male, Scotty Riggs and Buff Bagwell with Bell Venus. 
it's an incredibly even matchup with Butch and Luke holding their own against the younger Scotty and Marcus. But while Pat is arguing with the ref, Scotty knocks um, knocks off Butch, and then Marcus lands a buff blockbuster for the win. Uh, while celebrating, Pat low-blows Val Venus before they, before all of the sheep herders go backstage. We then cut to a video of Chronic exploring Leonardo, New Jersey. There's a clerk inside a store who sounds very upset about his girlfriend. They then bump into some men outside the store. The taller one is freestyling something about 15 bucks in his hand, little man. <laughs> If you know, you know. What is going on? This is brilliant. Uh, backstage at Raw, Jogurtner uh, is with the American Males and Val Venus. Uh, with the American Males. Val Venus uh, says they proved they were the better, better than the sheep herders, but they were jumped from behind by them as well. Pat, uh, oh, says that they were better than the sheep herders, but as they're talking, they jump from behind by the sheep herders again. Pat grabs the mic. You are better than us tonight, but next week in Kobe, Japan, it will be you versus me, Val, one-on-one. Match number two, the first beat-the-clock challenge. So it's Alicia Fox of Team Valor versus Akio Hamada of Enochism. Alicia is constantly rolling to the outside to run up the clock, uh, constant rope breaks and such to frustrate Hamada. The crowd is really behind their countrywoman, where, and then Alicia is caught with the Hamada Chan Cutter in 6.54. So the time to beat next week will be 6.54. Backstage, Acting Commissioner Vern Gonya with the American Wrestling Agents, confirms that the Mexam Connection will defend their World Tag Team Championships at In Your House against the, the American Males. Plus, the Light Heavyweight Championship will, de will be defended against the winner of the Sunday Night Heat Japanese Rambo match. And the winner of Pat versus Val will face Brett for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, we'll return from commercial and see a video playing showing the FBI in suits arriving at a restaurant but as they enter, the camera cuts. Uh, match number three of the evening, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith of the Half Foundation versus William Regal's assistant, the debuting Tajiri. Yay! <laughs> Even though Bulldogs was unprepared, he's staying his ground versus Tajiri. And as he goes for the running power slam, Regal is in the ring. And hits him with brass knuckles. And then the referee calls for a DQ. <laughs> and uh, Regal and Tajiri scamper backstage as Bulldog looks very angry. A video plays of Al Snow uh, stating that it is last week after all. Where he awakens to see a note that reads, won't you join me for tea? And then we cut to sometime this past week where we see Al entering... Central Park in New York City in search of this tea party. Uh, the main event of week two, the Triple H 
Antonio Inoki WWF World Heavyweight Championship contract signing. Vern Gagne, the acting WWF commissioner, is present. He states, Now we have agreed to some conditions of Antonio Inoki per him winning the gauntlet match. Number one. Billy Gunn, Road Dog, X-Pac and China are all banned from ringside. Number two. The JAW, or Japanese Association of Wrestling, rules apply. So countouts at 20 seconds instead of the standard 10. And you can lose the title via pinfall submission or referee stoppage. Three. The referee will be chosen by Noki. Triple H reads over these. And... Uh, reads over these and then uh, says, he's not even the champion. <laughs> to which Inokuli sharply replies, yeah, and gets a big cheer from the crowd. Triple H goes, fine, you want all these special rules because you're in your homeland? Fine. But when you lose, you can't challenge me for the World Heavyweight Championship so long as I'm champion. Inoki pauses and the crowd's cheering him on. And then picks up the pen and signs and it's official for the pay-per-view. And we uh, end Raw there with like a, uh, a stare-down shot of the two men. Awesome. Yeah, week three? Yep. Week three, what well, you got, Nitro? Alright, week three, live from San Jose, California, just popping in to say day to uh, Dave Meltzer while we're here, I guess. Um, if you wait, he'll be sending me six stars. <laughs> he will be, yeah. I'm screwed this month. Um, tonight, we will have a special contract signing for the main event of Bash at the Beach. We kick off Nitro with Rikishi and Yokozuna in the ring. They point towards the ramp, and out comes The Rock, who explains that he went unconscious after that jackhammer on the hood of the car. And when he woke up, he was dumped in the middle of nowhere in the backwoods of Nashville. So he has no idea who the driver was. But he was lucky enough to walk tall and finally get to a payphone and called up. And he called up his thick cousins after Nitro and they picked him up. The Rock had a lot of time to think on his walk and he came up with an idea for Bash at the Beach because The Rock, Big Yoke and Keish challenged uh, Big Show, Batista and Edge to a six-man tag at the Bash. And if we win, we each get a shot at Jericho's title. Vince McMahon accepts on the big screen and announces that a Bash at the Beach he will officially sign the driver from last week to a WCW contract, which will take place immediately after his ruthless aggression error destroys you three men and you guys won't be able to interfere with my huge signing. It's now time for the two qualifying tag matches for the sacrifice three-way. First comes out Maven and Lash LaRue from The Flock versus Too Cool. Too cool eventually get the win after the rest of the flock and the filthy animals brawl around the ring, causing a distraction. The mayhem continues, but out comes New Jack, who cleans house, but he turns around into a kendo stick from the Sandman. A whole lot of craziness, but Too cool advance to the sacrifice three-way against the Dudley boys, and whoever wins this next match. 
All right, final qualifying for the Sacrifice three-way. It is the Godwins who will be facing, what do you know, the Steiner brothers. The Steiners destroy the Godwins. The Sacrifice three-way is set. It will be the Dudleys versus Too Cool versus the Steiner brothers. Sacrifice. Uh, (laughs) Looking forward to next week's promo. Uh, Norman Smiley comes out for an open challenge and ex- and it's ex- accepted by Farouk, who dominates Smiley and has him up for the Dominator, but the lights go out and come back on, and Smiley's still on Farouk's shoulders, but he's wearing a sting mask, and Farouk looks shocked, and Smiley rolls up Farouk. Smiley moves to seven on his road to 13. Sting is playing man games. Uh, Thunder Hour time. We see backstage the beautiful people and Maurice beating down Mickey and Trish. Rude and Bam Bam are holding Mickey and Trish for Maurice and the beautiful people. But Cactus Jack runs in and makes a save and brawls with Rude and Bam Bam into the hallway. But the numbers are too much. Bam Bam throws Cactus Jack into some random poles in the hallway that make a reverberating sound that sends shivers down the spine of anyone watching. Eventually, Gal Kim comes in and runs off the heels, but Wendy Richter is nowhere to be seen. Uh, Thunderground time. Brock Lesnar's destroying multiple people in the Thunderground, but he gets attacked by Shamrock. Vince breaks it up and says next week there will be no Thunderground because we will have an official way in. We see Terry Runnels and Goldust on the beach. Both are wearing bikinis. Gold dust is painted head to toe in gold, but wearing a bikini. Gold dust says that he looks forward to his date with RVD on the beach, and he heard a rumor that this pay per view will take place on Huntington Beach. And I've already spoken to Vince, and he agrees it'll be a lifeguard lumberjack match. Gold dust, RVD. Main event segment, Chris Jericho, who's flanked by Big Show, Batista, and Edge. He talks about being le champion of WCW and a bash at the beach. He will prove he is the true king of the world. Jerry Lawler comes out and they sit at a contract signing table. Jerry talks about how he's been a king since the only bubbly Jericho was sipping on, came out of his mother's puppies. Jericho says, it's funny that Lawler brings up family. Let's talk about yours, Jerry. Some people might not realize this, but Jerry's son is Grandmaster Sexay. Lawler tells Jericho, shut up. Don't talk about it. Jericho asks, has it been awkward in the Lawler house since last week? I hate to admit it, but Grandmaster Sexay had me beat. But once again, here comes the almighty Jerry Lawler to steal his son's spotlight. Jerry says that isn't how he sees it. Brian knows what I need to do. I need to win the WCW title. That title is one of the few titles I've never had the chance to hold in my career. Jericho says that he will only sign for this match if Lawler puts something up for grabs as well. 
Jericho proposes that it will be a title versus crown match. Jerry agrees. Both men sign. Jericho says, go get him, boys. But Lawler says, no, Jericho. I'm the one who says, go get them, boys. Out comes Rock, Rikishi, and Yoko, and they take out Big Show, Batista, and Edge. And Lawler attacks Jericho and hits a pile driver on Jericho through the contract table to end Nitro. Wow, what's going on? Yeah, I, I'm actually quite a big fan of what I'm doing here with Jerry. <laughs> yeah, you got to give him something, I guess. Mate, he's a main inventor over here. I would have just put him on commentary. Eh, there's plenty of time for that. <laughs> anyway, week three, Roy's War, coming to you from World Memorial Hall in Kobe, Japan. Now, you're probably familiar with a lot of these venues, aren't you? Because they're the New Japan sort of venues. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, match number one, the intercontinental number one contenders match of Val Venus of the American Males versus Pat O'Connor of the Sheep Owners. Uh, Val is surprisingly holding his own against Pat until an inadvertent ref bump leads to a low blow on Val and Pat with the O'Connor roll for the win. We then cut to a video uh, that shows Al Snow wandering in Central Park until he gets to a secluded area where he enters a cave. It's dark, and then we hear a voice. So glad you could join us. And we hear the sound of a match being struck in the darkness, and then a candle is lit. We see head on the table and a figure in a robe. They say, you're probably wondering why you're here. Well, first, I should introduce myself. And as they lift their robe, uh, their robe's hood, a gust of wind blows through the cave, blowing out the candle and the camera cuts. What is going on? I'm so enthralled by this story. <laughs> Back from commercial, both Lord Alfred and Gorilla seem unsure about what they've just witnessed. <laughs> uh, match number two. Free count. More Helms and, and Romeo with Albert in their corner take on the Hall of Pain. Mark Henry, Booker T and Stevie Ray with Teddy Long in their corner. Uh, early on, the Hall of Pain have Romeo isolated in their corner. Two quick tags as Henley cleans Helms and Moore off the apron before the heat seeker for the pinfall by Booker T. Post-match, Howard Finkel interviews the Hall of Pain with Mark Henry saying, you see, Fink, that's what we do. So at no mercy next bump, Harlem Heater issuing an open challenge to any team. And once we win that, next stop will be gold at SummerSlam. Backstage, Joel Gertner is joined by Team Bella, uh, Brie Bella and Alicia Fox. Alicia says she's looking forward to a night off, and Brie says, well, you can't expect the champion to compete in a beat-the-clock challenge for her championship, can you? And Foxy goes, oh, well, no. And then Brie says, see, that's a girl. Go get him, Foxy. So we go on to match number three, a beat-the-clock challenge. The time to beat is 6.54. And it is Alicia Fox of Team Bella versus Bull Nakano of Nokiism. Alicia is trying the same strategy as she had against Hamada, but she's much slower this week against the fresher Bull. With a Bulls Poseidon for the win in 3.21 remaining, 
commentary mentions that Anokiism will now be competing for two championships as the crowd cheers on Bull Nakano. Very uh, good. Immortal is in the ring. Hulk saying, well, let me tell you something, brother. All I hear is how everyone is competing for gold in Tokyo. Well, in that same spirit, we have an Olympian here. Kurt Angle grabs the mic and says, uh, and says, I'm going to issue a gold medal open challenge. And the crowd cheers. Oh, <laughs> oh you thought no, Kobe isn't exactly Olympic material. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's damn true. And then Jeff jumps on the mic and says, uh, well, come on, slap nuts. Send out them sorry sons of bitches and let's get it over with. So it's the main event match. Immortal Hulk Hogan, Jeff Jarrett, and Kurt Angle with Deborah taking on D-Generation X, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, and X-Puck with China. Um, this is just an all-out war between the two sides. Hulk and X-Puck are brawling outside while inside Road Dog is tossed out for Jeff and Kurt to hit the Olympic stroke on Billy for the win. So Immortal looking strong there as we go off the air in week three. Beautiful stuff. All right. All coming together slowly, but surely. Sure is. No, I'm loving it. Um, All righty. Week four, Nitro live from San Francisco, California. Tonight, we will have a huge main event as Jerry Lawler is going to take on Batista. Uh, We open up the show and we see the filthy animals and the flock are once again brawling in the ring. Our commentators mentioned that this brawl has been going on since before the crowd even got let into the arena. Sandman and New Jack get involved. Eventually, Conan takes out Raven and Sandman and New Jack. And then Conan poses with the extreme title. We now get a special intergender six-person tag. It's Cactus Jack, Mickey James, and Trish Stratus versus Bam Bam Bigelow and the Beautiful People. Our 15-minute match finish comes when Maurice forces Rick Rude to get in the ring and attack Cactus with a chair. It's a DQ. Mullen Maurice beat down the baby faces, but Gal Kim makes a save yet again. But she gets jumped on the rampway by a returning Madison Rain. Uh, Maurice makes it official. Madison Rain is the fourth partner, and it's official for the woman tag at Bash at the Beach. Um, and yet again, Wendy Richter's nowhere to be seen. Uh, backstage, we see the Bomb Squad beating down Spike Dudley, but the Hardys and the Dudleys make the save. Uh, Farouk destroys Jamie Noble, but the lights go out, and Sting is uh, in the ring, and they have a stare down, Farouk and Sting. Sting swings his bat at Farouk. Farouk blocks it, and it breaks over Farouk's bulging biceps, and he no-sells it and hits a dominator on Sting. Uh, Norman Smiley comes out for an open challenge. And it's accepted by a local masked wrestler. It's a masked wrestler in a full lycra suit, but we notice he has a moon he has a moon boot on. 
Smiley dominates early, but the masked wrestler hits Smiley with a low blow. This match ends in a DQ, and Smiley moves to eight on his road to 13. The masked wrestler grabs a trash can and puts it on Smiley in the corner. The masked wrestler goes coast to coast, hitting Norman Smiley in the face. The masked wrestler grabs the mic, and he sounds familiar. He says that on Sunday... His employer will be accepting Smiley's open challenge. The man removes his mask to reveal it's a somewhat disheveled-looking Shane McMahon. Got some stubble. His hair's grown out a little bit, and it's a little bit messy. Sunday, it'll be uh, Smiley versus Shane's mystery employer. All right, humans. Buckle in because it's the Thunder Hour time and we're kicking off with a promo. Hang on. Gotta just do this. All right. Promo time. Mean Jean backstage with the Iron Sheik and the Steiner brothers. Sheiky Baby says that his best friends, my best friends, will humble those jabronis on Sunday. Mean Gene asks Scott, Scott, what do you think your chances are in the sacrifice three-way? Scott Steiner says, give me the fucking mic. You know, Gene, they say all tag teams are created equally. But you look at us and you look at the Dudleys and you can see that statement's not true. See, normally, if you go two-on-two with another tag team, you got a 50-50 chance are winning. But the Steiners are genetic freaks and we're not normal. So you got a 25% chance at best to beat us. Then you add two cool to the mix, your chances drastic go down. See, the sacrifice three-way... Hang on, I just lost my spot. Um... Chances drastic go down. See, the sacrifice three-way, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But we got a 66, a two-thirds chance of winning because Too Cool knows they can't beat us and they're not even going to try. So Dudleys, you take your 33 and a third chance and minus our 25% chance and you got an eight and one-third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take our 75% chance of winning if we was to go two-on-two and then add 66 and two-third percents, we got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at the Sacrifice three-way. CWs, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you in the Sacrifice match. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, sir. That's so good. We then get a split screen of the Dudleys and Too Cool watching from their respective locker rooms, looking confused and scratching their heads and counting numbers on their fingers. <laughs> oh, that's so good. The ridiculous thing was having to script out that entire promo, watching it over and over again, writing down word for word what he says and then changing it to what I needed to change it to to make it make sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still so good. It very much so is. Uh, it had to happen at some point. 
Uh, randomly, the Road Warriors squashed the Godwins. Uh, another match. It's really hard to move on from that promo. Should have let that main event. Um, Rob Van Dam has a quick win over a local, but gets sneak attacked by Goldust, who beats down RVD with the red lifesaver thingy from Baywatch. And he then puts RVD in a tree of woe and wraps RVD's head with the bikini he was wearing last week and pours a bucket of water over his head. Oh, my God, it's Chinese water torture. Uh, next up is the weigh-in for the ultimate rules match at Bash at the Beach. Ken Shamrock weighs in at 243 pounds, but Brock Lesnar weighs in at 286 pounds. Uh, Shamrock and Lesnar have a face-off, but Vince low-blows Shamrock from be- from behind. Lesnar picks up the scales, lifts it over his head, and smashes it over the back of Shamrock's head. Shamrock's busted open. How will he be ready for Sunday? Uh, backstage, you might get a kick out of this. Backstage, we see the busted scales get put in the hallway near a dumpster. The Holy Cousins are nearby, and Hardcore gets on the scales and says, See, Crash, I told you I'm a super heavyweight. 380 pounds. Crash says, Okay, my turn. Crash gets on the scales, and the busted scales say, 415 pounds. Crash says, Told you I'm bigger than you. Molly says, I knew you guys were super heavyweights. Hardcore and Crash celebrate. Hardcore says, how do you like us now? <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just randomly threw that in there for no reason, but I love it. Uh, Jerry Lawler versus Batista, main event. Batista dominates the majority of this match. The crowd's once again doing that oh-so-familiar chant. Oh, Berg. Oh, it distracts Batista, who starts yelling at the crowd. Lawler gets up and fights back. Atomic drop, body slam, strap goes down, fist drop off the second rope. Big Show and Edge try to get involved, but Rock, Rikishi, and Yoko come down and brawl with them into the crowd. Lawler has the pile driver set up, but out comes Vince, who distracts the referee. Jericho runs in, hits Lawler in the back of the head with the title. Jack Hammer on Lawler, one, two, three. Batista wins. Jericho puts the Lion Tamer on Lawler, who's passed out to end Nitro. See you Sunday at the beach. The Lion Tamer? When was I the am... last time he even used that, like, on AEW? Oh, can't recall. I think he did one to Derby. And when I say, when I say like, Lion Tamer, when I'm talking about that, in fugs, I mean that full on like ECW? knee behind the knee behind the back of the head, like full on like elevated Boston crab that he used to do, not the walls of Jericho where he just fully sits down. Yeah, the difference. Yeah. yeah, just so the humans are clear. Okay, where are we? Week four, Roar's War. Now, this is a building I don't think you're familiar with, so I'm going to send you a photo in, or, well, the link in chat, so you can have a look at it. Okie dokie. Now, Raw is War taking place from 
where are we? Uh, Kyoto KBS Hall, Kyoto, Japan. So it's the uh, the main photo there that pops up for that link. Wow, we. Yeah, <laughs> very nice building. <laughs> Jesus, that's beautiful. Uh, show opens with a mortal. Kurt saying, "Now I'm going to issue an open, uh, a gold medal open challenge," and the crowd cheers <laughs> before he competes. And then he says, "In Tokyo, you idiots! You see, Kobe isn't exactly a gold medal city." And then they all leave. <laughs> <laughs> Match number one of the evening is the Blue World Order. Stevie. Uh, why am I saying Stevie Rick? Yeah, it's the same guy. Stevie Cool, uh, Blue Meanie, and Hollywood Nova taking on the Briscoe brothers, Gerald and Jack with Pip Finley. It's an all-out brawl with multiple men down when all of a sudden, Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert runs down, spared Finley, drags Meanie on top, and the referee counts one, two, three, and the Blue World Order win. Uh, where are we? Oh, yeah. After break, the video plays showing a few weeks ago, but it's still right where we left off of Al Snow in the cave. And we hear that voice. We've been expecting you as the candle is relit. Oh, my God, it's a bunny. Now, do you know who the bunny is? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So, she says to Al uh, that together we are stronger. Together we could achieve so much. Besides, your friends are excited to see, uh, excited for you to join our ranks. Our questions, friends. And the bunny hands him a bag. Al looks in and smiles as we cut to black. I'm mind blown. I did not expect this to be where everything was going. It's all going to make sense. Mm. In ring, the contract signing for the Women's Championship is taking place. Bergogna states to Bull that only one second can be in her corner for the match. Uh, so she nominates Hamada. And both women sign the contract and it's official and we get a nice uh, pose down shot for the camera's ringside. After break, match number two, a women's tag team match, Rosita and Sarita of the Maxam Connection take you on Kelly Kelly and Paige. And as soon as the match starts, Kelly Kelly and Paige seem to be arguing about who's going to start, who's, who's in charge, and them having problems. Uh, Rosita and Sarita capitalise, hitting their tag team finisher, which I've called... Now, it is a move that their mentors, I guess, would have given them. I've called it the LA experience. So it is a border toss into the gringo killer. Bravo. Because you know the connection there. TNA. Sure do, sure do. Uh, yeah, so they uh, pin Kelly there for the win. Backstage, Joe Gertner is with Bret Hart. Bret says... He welcomes the challenge with Pat O'Connor and says that he's the only two-time champion in company history. He's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. 
returning again from break and backstage now Joel Gertner is with Blue Meanie. Meanie says that he's going to issue an open challenge for anyone uh, for the hardcore title this Sunday. Match number three of the evening is William Regal and Tajiri versus the Hart Foundation, Jim the Anvil Neidhart and the British Bulldog. This match is all Regal just avoiding Bulldog, eventually leaving the apron as Tajiri gets hit with the heart attack as the crowd boos. Um, we then see a video of the FBI inside a restaurant. They seem nervous. They ask if the boss is in before being led into a back room. And Tony Marmaluke checks over his shoulder, somewhat cautiously checking if they're being followed. I love these segments you're doing, like with the FBI and Al Snow and stuff. It's very good. Uh, match number four, the main event. Is that my main event? Ah, yeah, because I've got post-match there. Uh, main event is China of DX with X-Pac taking on Deborah of Immortal with Jeff Jarrett. This is all China who hits the gorilla, uh, gorilla press slam in quick fashion for the win. And as Jeff gets in the ring, getting in China's face, uh, he then retreats as Triple H enters. And our closing shot is of Triple H in the ring with DX by his side, who won't be by his side come Sunday as Anoki is on the ramp staring down and the crowd is cheering. And that concludes our Raw. Hell of a build to... Uh, in your house. I'm loving the build. Yeah, sometimes it's all about the journey and uh, sometimes it's all about if I deliver. <laughs> well, I think I should just hurry up and deliver. Uh, I should just hurry up and deliver this pay-per-view, I reckon. Okay, and after you, kind sir. And it is Bash at the Beach, WCW. The tagline is Slip, Slop, and Slam. We would like to thank Weezer for the theme song Island in the Sun. Commentary, as per usual, is uh, good old JR, Jim Ross, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Commentary and all backstage and ringside crew members are all wearing board shorts, flip-flops, sunglasses, and Hawaiian shirts. Heenan and Ross introduce the show, and it's... And at some point, Heenan takes off his sunglasses to reveal a very prominent sunglasses tan. And yes, we are on a literal beach. This is Huntington Beach in California. The site of, I believe, uh, I believe this was Bash at the Beach 95 they did from this location. Uh, the crowd's on the sand surrounding the ring and in the background we can see the ocean. Oh, and the sun is out in full force, and we open up with an eight-man tag to decide who will be the third man in the extreme title match later tonight. 
First out is The Flock, Lash LaRue, Maven, Canyon, and Tommy Dreamer, accompanied by Raven and Beulah. Then out comes The Filthy Animals, Eddie Chavo, Ray, and Kidman, accompanied by Conan. 20-minute cluster of a match, huge spot fest. All eight men have their working boots on. At the 20-minute mark, this match is completely broken down. Eddie, Ray, Maven, Lash, and Canyon are brawling outside by the entrance ramp. Kidman and Chavo were double-teaming Dreamer in the ring when Kidman sees the sea of humanity outside of the ring and shrugs his shoulders. Uh, Kidman climbs the top rope and hits a shooting star press to the outside on all five people outside of the ring. Chavo can't believe what he saw but he turns around into a Dreamer Valley driver and Dreamer gets the pin. Raven gets added to the triple threat. The flock all recover and continue assaulting the filthy animals. Conan gets laid out. Then Eddie, then Ray, then Chavo, and finally they have Kidman. They're holding him up and Beulah's slapping the hell out of Kidman. When we... When we see someone run out. Oh, my God. It's Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson and Bueller. Like, start brawling with each other, rolling around the ring. Tori Wilson making her debut in WCW. Her and Bueller have a cat fight. They're rolling around. The filthy animals make a comeback and fend off the flock, who eventually retreat. Tori Wilson kisses Kidman. Tori Wilson is in WCW and is with her husband, Billy Kidman. Yes, they were actually married at one point. Good for him. And the filthy animals, Tori Wilson is part of it. Uh, next up, sacrifice three-way to decide who the number one contender for the tag titles at Ragnarok are. Team that loses but doesn't get pinned, has to face each other tomorrow night on Nitro, and only one member of that team can have a spot in the Rumble. And the team that gets pinned is forced to break up. It's the ultimate sacrifice. First team out is the Steiner brothers, accompanied by the Iron Sheik. Next out is the Dudleys with Spike Dudley. Uh... And then finally comes out too cool. Before the match can even start, Spike and the Iron Sheik have a confrontation on the floor, uh, on the floor, and they end up brawling into the crowd. They brawl all along the beach, and end up brawling on top of a boat that's parked near the beach. Spike hits an acid drop off a boat into the water. Iron Sheik screams, "Fuck! I can't swim!" Bullshit! <laughs> uh, the three teams look shocked by what happens, uh, by what just happened when the bell rings, three men in the ring at one time, as per usual for triple threats. No DQ. Uh, Bubba and Scott Steiner take out Scotty Too Hotty early and then dominate Grandmaster Sex A when they get a blind tag in. Ten minutes pass. Uh, when the Dudleys have set up two tables on the floor, they get in the ring, 3D to Rick Steiner, 3D to Scott Steiner, Scotty Too Hotty still laid out outside, and Grandmaster Sexay is almost unconscious in the ring. 
Dudleys have control. They go to hit another 3D, this time on Grandmaster Sexay, but out of nowhere comes the Bomb Squad. They attack the Dudleys. Vicious has Bubba up and Awesome has Devon up, simultaneously hitting power bombs from the ring to the outside through the two tables that were set up earlier. The Dudleys are taken out. Grandmaster Sexay goes up for the top rope leg drop onto a prone Scott Steiner. Uh, Scotty Too Hotty makes a blind tag. Sexay hits the leg drop. He goes for the pin, but he doesn't realize he isn't the legal man. Scotty Too Hotty goes for the worm, but he gets caught mid-hop by a Steiner line from Rick. Scotty, uh, sorry, Scott Steiner throws Grandmaster Sexay out of the ring, doomsday-style bulldog with Scott holding up Scotty Too Hotty for Rick, who jumps off the top and hits it. Scott Steiner pins Scotty Too Hotty. The Steiners are the new number one contenders for the tag titles. The Dudleys must face each other tomorrow night to see who gets a rumble spot. And the newest tag team in WCW, Too Cool, must break up. Scott Steiner grabs the mic and says, the big bad booty daddy only tells truth and the numbers didn't lie. Grandmaster Sexay looks dejected and him and Scotty Too Hotty help each other up. But Sexay low blows Scotty Too Hotty. He throws Scotty out of the ring, grabs the ring steps and hits a pile driver on Scotty Too Hotty on top of the ring steps and leaves. What going on? Ooh. Too cool. Broken up instantly. I thought you were going to put him with uh, Too Thick. Uh, no mm, maybe um, next up is Sting versus Farouk uh, this is a dominant performance from Farouk uh, dominating for five minutes but eventually Sting makes a comeback Stinger splash Scorpion death drop one two three Sting wins Undertaker and the entire ministry come out the Ministry standing behind Taker and Kane. Undertaker has a mic and says, Sting, next month at Ragnarok, WCW goes Viking style. So I want you to go Viking style as well. You see, there's an ancient Viking execution style called the Blood Eagle, where the Vikings would tie up their victim and do unspeakable violence to them. So next month, you will face my executioner in a blood in a blood eagle death match. The goal is simple: you have to make your opponent bleed, and then walk up the ramp. On each side of the ramp, one will one side will have a large ministry symbol. The other side will have a large sting scorpion symbol. Once your opponent is bleeding, you tie them up to your symbol and you raise your symbol with them tied with them tied to it, like I did to your friends last month. Once the symbol's raised, the match is over. Sting grabs a mic and accepts. Sting starts laughing. And we see in the background, Boss Man, Shungo, Executioner, all get taken out from behind by the crow's nest. It's just Taker and Kane left with the entire crow's nest 
who lay out the Brothers of Destruction. Sting says next month it'll be Kane versus Vampiro. And it'll be Jake Roberts versus The Undertaker. And Taker, your match will be a snake pit match. Outside of the ring will be a glass enclosure full of snakes. And you have to throw your opponent in it to win. If Jake wins, he gets his snake back. Vampiro hits a nail in the coffin to Kane in the ring on top of a steel chair. And Jake hits a DDT to Taker on another chair. The crow's nest leave as the brothers of destruction do simultaneous sit-ups, and we got some crazy, wacky stipulations next month. I like the sound of that. Yeah, so it's so Jake versus the Undertaker in what's basically a casket match if the casket was glass and full of snakes. <laughs> That's how I'm booking it. It <laughs> uh, sounds good. Yeah, I saw like a death match in Japan once. It was a piranha death match. It was basically a casket match, except you had to throw your opponent into a glass enclosure full of piranhas. I've seen clips of that. Yeah, it's horrible. Because <laughs> they're That's... bleeding when they go in there. It didn't yeah. help them. Yeah. Yeah, Anyhow. so that's where I got the idea from. Anyway, next up is the lifeguard lumberjack match to determine who gets number one and 29 for the Rumble. It's RVD. Uh, it's RVD versus Goldust with Terry Runnels in his corner surrounding the ring. Uh, a bunch of male and female lifeguards in red bathing suits. Uh, 10-minute match. Terry tries to keep getting involved, but the lifeguards block her. Goldust has control. He reaches into his jumpsuit. He digs around in his in his crotch. Oh, sorry. I just lost my spot as I said the word crotch. Great timing. He digs around in his crotch region, and he pulls something out. It's a handful of sand. He had sand in his panties. He throws the sand at RVD, but RVD ducks. The sand gets in the referee's eyes. Goldust low blows RVD. He sets up RVD for the Shattered Dreams, and he goes to hit it. But RVD moves. Goldust kicks the post. RVD rolls up Goldie with his feet on the ropes. The ref recovers. One, two, three. RVD wins. RVD wins. RVD celebrates up the ramp with the lifeguards. RVD will enter at 29 and Goldust at 1. Goldust is having a temper tantrum in the ring. Terry grabs the mic and says, that wasn't fair. RVD cheated. Her and Goldust are not leaving until the match gets restarted. Oh my god. It's the American dream. Dusty Rose. He comes out and he looks at Terry with disgust. And he looks at Gold Dust and he just shakes his head. Terry goes to slap Dusty, but Dusty catches it. He's winding up like he's gonna hit Terry with a signature elbow. But Gold Dust jumps his father. 
But Dusty fights back. Elbow, elbow, elbow. Gold Dust and Terry retreat and have a tan- tantrum up the ramp while Dusty soaks in the pop from this crowd and has a bit of a boogie. He's a man What a shake-up. Needs a lot more cowbell. Uh, Next up is a six-man tag. Rock, Rikishi, and Yokozuna versus Batista, Big Show, and Edge. If Rock's team wins, each member gets a guaranteed shot at the world title. 15-minute match. Batista's dominating Rikishi. Crowd's doing that familiar chant again. Rikishi fights back, tags in Rock, Batista tags in Edge. Rikishi's brawling outside with Batista and Yoko. Uh, and Yoko... Uh, Rikishi's brawling outside with Batista and Yoko's brawling outside with Big Show. Rock goes for a rock bottom, but Vince comes out and distracts the ref. Eye rake from Edge. Spear. One, two, three. Edge pins the rock. Yoko and Rikishi get thrown off the stage by Sho and Batista, respectively. Edge has Rock set up for a one-man concerto in the ring. Edge goes to hit it, but out of the crowd comes Christian. We saw him last month. He lays out Edge with a chair of his own. Batista and Sho run into the ring, but Christian grabs Rock and escapes through the crowd. Uh, Christian may have to save the rock big time there, but the fact of the matter is that the ruthless aggression era wins and Jericho may have just avoided three huge threats to his title if he makes it past Lawler tonight. Uh, bet she didn't see that result coming. Um, Vince and the era stay in the ring and Vince reminds Christian that Christian was employed by him. And we kicked him out of our family, and that makes him officially unemployed. Christian, you're banned from all WCW events. Now to more pressing matters. I promised you all a huge signing to my era. He is the owner of the Hummer. Hit the music. I just want to point out that I wrote this about two days before uh, the Elite Squad showed up on Dynamite. A voice plays over the speakers. And now, the global ambassador for your ruthless aggression era. He is the most controversial athlete in sports today, and his teammate is from North Carolina. He's from southeastern Oklahoma State, standing at six feet, seven inches tall. He is the worm. He is Rodzilla, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman comes out with crazy hair, crazy outfit, and he's wearing a Ruthless Aggression Era t-shirt. 
Uh, the crowd's hating this. We are not far from the home of the Lakers. Rodman uh, announces that he skipped training for this appearance because why would he need to train when he's playing the Lakers this week? When all of a sudden, out comes again The Rock and his somehow uh, found some energy out of Rikishi and Yoko. They take out Vince, Edge, and Batista. All three faces are still selling, though, because of that attack earlier. Rock grabs the mic and says, you two, pointing at Rodman and show. You two don't need to worry. The Rock and the Thick Boys, we aren't taking you guys out because I know two people who want you bad. What's this? Oh my god. It's it's Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal making his debut. This LA LA based crowd's going nuts. But Shaq's, Shaq looks at Big Show and Rodman, and Rodman and Big Show are just like looking at Shaq and saying, there's two of us and there's one of you. What are you going to do? When Shaq just looks at the entrance ramp and out comes from behind him, oh, my God. It's Andre the Giant. Dre and Shaq. Andre and Shaq and Show and Rodman have a huge stare down in the ring. Shaq and Dre hit stereo choke slams to Rodman and Show, respectively. All of the ruthless aggression error has been taken out, except for the two men wrestling later tonight. Huge debuts Andre the Giant and Shaquille O'Neal, and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Massive signings. Huge signings. Uh, there we go. We're, we're burning out a lot of de- debuts real quickly here, humans. Uh, all right. Next up is the eight-woman tag. Mullen Maurice versus Trish, Mickey, Gale, and Wendy. The baby faces are dominating this match. Double suicide dives to the outside from Gale and Mickey to the beautiful people. Uh, Madison Rain hits a cutter on Trish, Tiger Bomb to Rain, but out of nowhere, Maurice rolls up Wendy and gets the win. Oh my God, Maurice pins Wendy. Over the next four weeks, Wendy will have to face each member of Mull and Maurice. Wendy is distraught and starts yelling at her partners, but they walk away. The lights go out, they come back on, and Wendy Richter is face-to-face with the Dark Bride, and she has a mic and says, if you make it to Ragnarok, Wendy, you versus me. Boneyard match. (laughs) Uh, Good, good. (laughs) Thank you. Uh... Next up is the triple threat for the WCW Extreme Championship. New Jack versus Raven versus Sandman. 
the entire flock come out and beat down New Jack and Sandman, but the filthy animals take out the flock. Conan hits a huge X-Factor-like move to Raven on the apron. It's just Sandman and New Jack left. New Jack has a light tube, but but Sandman shatters it with his kendo stick. Sandman swings his cane at New Jack, but New Jack pulls a fork out of his pocket and jams it in Sandman's forehead, and he keeps grinding it, and Sandman taps out. New Jack retains the extreme title. Who can stop New Jack? Uh, Next up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Made him tap out by sticking a fork in his forehead. Uh, next up is the tag title match, the Hardy Boys versus the Bomb Squad, Sid Vicious, Mike Awesome, accompanied by James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister. This is basically an eight-minute squash match with the Bomb Squad just dominating. Somehow, Jeff Hardy at one point hits a twist of fate out of nowhere onto Awesome. James Mitchell gets up on the apron to distract the ref, but the Dudleys run in, 3D on Sid. 3D on Awesome, they leave. Swanton Bomb on Sid and the Hardy Boys retain the tag titles. James Mitchell is saying that that Sid wasn't the legal man, but the referee's decision is final. I'm sure the Dudleys haven't heard the last of the Bomb Squad. Um, Next up is a no-DQ handicap match representing Moolah and Maurice. It's Bam Bam Bigelow and the American Gigolo. And they're up against Cactus Jack. This is eight mi- minutes of violent weapon bashing onto Cactus. He just can't get a break. But you can almost hear Rude say every time he hits Cactus, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's almost like he's, he's just real reluctant about this. Cactus is in a bad state. Music plays. Shout out to anyone that enjoys Red Dead Redemption. We see a hand uh, put on some cowboy boots, slide the cowboy boots onto some feet. We then see the hand grab a cowboy hat and place it on a head. We then see... The, those cowboy boots get into the stirrups on a horse. We then see a silhouette of a man riding a horse through different looking scenery. Dry Texas weather, the snow, a city, and finally we see it riding past some palm trees. We then hear the crowd pop. The horse comes down the ramp with a man on it. The man's wearing a bandana over his face, a cowboy hat, and some chaps. He gets off the he- off the horse at the rampway. He grabs something out of the saddle. It's a branding iron. He hits Bam Bam with it. He hits Rude. Cactus hits a double arm DDT to Bam Bam in the ring. One, two, three. Cactus wins the handicap match. The man removes his bandana. It's the last of the outlaws. Middle-aged and crazy. Terry. Bunk. Cactus and Terry celebrate. 
I really like that. Um, so you yeah. have Terry now, but what about Dory? Terry's got a partner. <laughs> Ouch. Terry's got a better partner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nah, nah, just... I don't know enough about Dory. I, I know I know stats. I know all that sort of stuff. I just can't book someone I've never really watched and probably not planning on watching. But in the meantime, let's talk about what's coming up next. Two of the most ultimate fighters. And WCW collide in a dream fight for the WCW Hawks Championship. The tale of the tape. Both men with similar height and reach. Brock having a huge 40-pound weight advantage. Ken Shamrock. He comes out first, then Brock. Both men with no shoes on, MMA shorts and gloves. And now we take you... Into the octagon with special one night only ring announcer Bruce Buffer. <laughs> who, uh, Bruce Buffer, who does his usual intro spiel, he introduces your judges for this first, for this officially sanctioned MMA contest. And I wonder if this is going to bite me on the bum. Your judges will be Dan the Beast Severin, Tank Abbott. And special overseas judge Minoru Suzuki. Uh, the referee. I was wondering if this is gonna, if that's gonna cross over. No, um, no. Um, full disclosure. I was thinking of having Suzuki, but then I'm like, I have a better use for a Suzuki spot, so uh, that's all. I'll leave the humans for now. Yeah, well, I was looking at uh, people that have wrestled and had MMA fights in the 90s. So I picked the three of the biggest names. And they're all, like, currently ineligible. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the referee for this contest is Big John McCarthy. And now... For the thousands in attendance and the millions of WCW fans watching around the world, this is the moment you have all been waiting for. Live from Huntington Beach, California, it's time! Five rounds for the undisputed WCW Haas Championship of the world introducing first fighting out of the blue corner a man who holds a professional mma record of 23 wins five losses and two draws he stands at six foot one inches tall weighing in tonight at 241 pounds fighting out of reno nevada a former ufc champion the challenger the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. And now, introducing... <laughs> and now, introducing the champion, fighting out of the red corner, a man who holds an unofficial fight record of 99 wins and zero losses um, and multiple-time consecutive 
Kumite tournament, tournament champion, a multiple-time NCAA champion. He stands at six foot three inches tall and weighs in tonight at 286 pounds. Fighting out of Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, by way of Minneapolis, Minnesota, the reigning and defending WCW Hoss champion of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, here comes the pain, the conqueror, Brock Lesnar. Uh, Big John McCarthy states that he wants a good clean fight. Don't grab on the cage. No eye gouges or rabbit punches. Now touch gloves and get in your corner. Uh, both men refuse to touch gloves. Big John asks, Ken, are you ready? He nods. Brock, are you ready? He nods. Let's get it on. Fight's underway. Five five-minute rounds with official MMA rules. If a winner isn't decided within the five minute, uh, the five rounds, we go to the judges. First two minutes is a feeling out process. Neither man wanting to, t to make the wrong move. Ken occasionally throwing in some leg kicks, but Brock isn't phased each time. At the three minute mark, Brock catches a leg kick by Shamrock with his left hand holding Ken's right foot. He hits Ken hard with a right hook on the chin. Ken wobbles back against the cage. Brock, Brock clinches up with Shamrock. At the four-minute mark, there's been multiple knees by Shamrock, but Brock can't take him down. With 30 seconds left in the round, the ref breaks him up. Feeling out again, 10 seconds left. Brock goes for a jab but gets countered with a huge, huge haymaker by Shamrock. Brock's down, rounds over. Brock had control of most of the round, but just as Brock looked in trouble, he got saved by the bell. Round two starts. Brock and Ken have mouses over their eyes where they copped huge punches in round one. Much slower pace. Three minutes in, Brock counters a right hook from Ken with a single, uh, with a stinging straight jab. Double leg takedown, and Brock goes to work on Shamrock. Um... I've got detailed reports for all these rounds, but I'm just going to skip a fair bit. All right, man. <laughs> you go ahead. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, it's a slower pace round. Brock goes to work on Shamrock from guard. 30 seconds left. Brock transitions into half guard onto a bloody Shamrock who's eaten minutes worth of punches from Brock. Brock swings hard for another hammer punch, but Ken catches it, goes for a Kimura. He finally has it cinched in, but Brock gets saved by the bell yet again. Round three is about to start. Both rounds, Brock's been in control for a majority of it, but Shamrock starts to get the upper hand and Brock gets saved by the bell. Uh, round three, Brock's pissed now. Despite dominating the first two rounds, he ended each round in a world of trouble. But this round is five minutes of Brock Lesnar laying on Ken and raining down punches. Ken attempts multiple up kicks. Brock needs to be very cautious of those. He could get knocked out by one of those. Um, he, yeah, he could get knocked out by one of those. Another up kick attempt, but... Brock swats away the kick and jumps into side control. Shamrock quickly transitions back to half guard and goes for a guillotine from bottom. But uh, 
But Brock lifts him up with his pure brute strength and slams Shamrock back to the ground. But as they land on the ground, Shamrock somehow cinches the hooks in and gets the guillotine locked in. Uh, Brock gets one hook off him and slowly moves to side control. Shamrock loses his grip. Brock goes to full mount. This is bad for Ken. Punches and punches, but the round ends. We are into the final round, and this fight has been pretty even up to this point. I have no idea how the judges will score this one. Um, yeah, I have no idea how the judges will score this. Brock has had better offensive and aggressive moments, but Shamrock's had strokes of brilliance with his counterattacks and defense. Final round is underway. Shamrock charges at Brock with flurries of punches. Brock, Brock is blocking them. Brock goes to counter with a punch of his own. But Shamrock catches Brock's arm and goes for a flying armbar. Brock is still standing in a squat-like position, and Shamrock's on his back trying to lock that armbar in. But Brock swings wildly with his other arm to Shamrock's ribs, and his grips loosen. Brock is now in a stacked guard position, raining down punches on Shamrock. Shamrock's in a bad way. Brock continues to rain down punches. What? It's the music of Stone Cold Steve Austin. It distracts Brock for a second, which is enough time for Shamrock. To pick the ankle from the stack guard bottom position, roll Brock onto his back and lock in an ankle lock with his legs wrapped around Brock's leg. Brock taps. Oh, my goodness. Brock Lesnar taps out to a variation of the ankle lock by Shamrock. Your winner and new WCW Hoss champion. So... World's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. After the fight, Brock gets up and beats down Shamrock. He's pissed. He beats down Big John McCarthy. He even beats down Bruce Buffer. He he looks at Minoru Suzuki and says, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> he leaves the octagon. We see him walk to the crowd and he grabs someone. He grabs someone out of the crowd and he carries just Picks him straight out of the crowd. It's Sable. He says, come with me. They run out of the arena and they get into a car. Before they do, though, Jericho stops him and says, where where are you going? Where the hell do you think you're going? You're the only member of the era left here tonight. Brock says he's grabbed his wife and he's going to find Austin, Austin and finish the job. And when he's done... When he's done with that, he's going to drink some real beer, cause light, and then he's going to get on top of his wife. Jericho looks shocked. Jericho's all alone for the main event tonight. And if you don't know your history of Brock Lesnar post-fight UFC speeches, that went entirely over your head. But if you did get it, bravo. <laughs> Well right. done, sir. <laughs> All right. I I spent way too much time writing that fight just because I felt like I had to put a lot of detail into Brock versus Shamrock in an octagon. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but, yeah, 
have you seen that UFC post-fight promo Brock did where he, like, talks about the sponsor and is like, Bud Light, I don't like Bud Light. Cause Light, it's a real beer. And when I'm done, when I get home tonight, I'm going to drink Cause Light, a real beer, and then I'm going to get on top of my wife. <laughs> and the crowd's just booing the crap out of him. You seen that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's the best. All right. It's now time for another title match. Out comes the WCW television champion with eight defenses under his belt. Uh, screaming Norman Smiley. He awaits his opponent. We hear Shane's, Shane McMahon's music, but it sounds slightly different. Oh my god! It's a remix! It's a matchup! Shane points at the ramp and out he comes! Shane's carrying a briefcase. It's a gold briefcase. And out comes his employer, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And Ted comes out looking, well, like a million bucks. And the bell rings. And Ted instantly gets the million-dollar dream locked in. And Ted DiBiase is your new WCW television champion. Shane opens up that briefcase he has away from the camera. Ted puts the title in the briefcase and pulls something out. Ted grabs a mic and introduces his custom million-dollar television championship belt. He laughs. <laughs> and leaves. Ted DiBiase, your new television champion. Wow, I didn't see that coming. Had you debuted DiBiase before this? No. Because <laughs> I'm like, you've been sitting on him for a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right moment for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've just... Pick and chose my moment, and if you actually, uh, if you're like, why Shane with Ted? Well, it all stemmed from the idea that at one point in WCW, Virgil's name was Shane. Really? Yeah. Because uh, when Virgil jumped ship to WCW, they made him Vincent, and then for a little bit, they changed his name from Vince to Shane. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah, it was for like three months. It was part of like a group with the Harris brothers and Kurt Henning, and they were called Creative Control. That I've heard of before. Yeah. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> ah. But yeah. All righty. Um, Carrying on. Paul Heyman's backstage with Mean Gene. He says that it appears that we don't have a number one contender for the world title, but I've just secured the contract of one of the biggest stars in wrestling. And this man will face the winner of the main event next month at Ragnarok. Oh, and I've been informed that he's on his way to the arena right now and will make his presence felt tonight after the main event. And out comes the challenger for the main event, Jerry the King Lawler. Jericho comes out next. It's crown versus title. Jericho versus Lawler. 
big fight feel here for this main event. This has been a very emotional build-up he- heading into this with Jericho bringing up issues with Lawler's family. Um, Jericho has a note and hands it to the ring announcer. The ring announcer says, this is now a no-holds-barred match. Jericho pulling strings yet again, probably thanks to Vince McMahon. Uh, Alrighty, 20-minute match, very back and forth, slower methodical style match. Jericho has control early, but Lawler consistently kicks out. Lawler makes a comeback. Body slam, strap goes down, fist drop, pile driver. Lawler pins Jericho. One, two, out of nowhere, someone lays out Jerry in the back of his head with a boom box. Oh, my God. The boom box exploded over Lawler's head. The person gets up and reveals himself. It's Grandmaster Sexay. He picks up Lawler. Pile driver. He puts Jericho on top of Lawler, and Jericho retains. Why, Grandmaster Sexay? Why? Grandmaster Sexay grabs Lawler's crown and puts it on Jericho's head. Jericho yells that he is the true king of the world. When the lights go down and a spotlight shows up on one side of the stage. It's a guitar player. He's shredding away on one side of the stage. But then on the other side of the stage... We see another spotlight. Is a man playing another instrument? Oh my god! It's a bagpipe player! It's bagpipe rock! And out he comes! Oh my god! It's Roddy! Roddy! Piper! He poses on the ramp. And him and Jericho stare down. And the crowd starts to chant. Piper! 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 And it's official. Next month, Piper, Jericho, Ragnarok. Piper looks at the camera and says, See you tomorrow night. Piper's. Jericho and Grandmaster Sexay look shocked and credits roll. And our credit song this month is Prince, It's Purple Rain. Uh, Just a random, nice, chilled song because that was pretty chaotic there. (laughs) (laughs) I need this just for my own vocal cords just so I can take it down a notch. All right, we cut to Chris Jericho's locker room. He's drinking some bubbly with Grandmaster Sexay. Uh, he looks at the camera and says, all these old-timers want to come out of the minor leagues and challenge me. That's fine. It's an easy payday for me. But what I want to do is introduce you to the newest member of the era, the Prince of Wrestling. Brian Lawler. 
Jericho goes to continue speaking, but static. It's another code. This time it says, have you broken the code? The code is the answer. And Ragnarok is the end. The end of the world as we know it. It finishes with save underscore us. Then some numbers this month. It's 23, 15, 12, 6, 16, 1, and 3. We cut back to the locker room and Jericho smashes his bubbly on the ground and says, why is everyone out to get me? To end this really long show. I like that. The Prince of Wrestling. Yeah, it was immediately an idea I had when I randomly pulled out Jerry Lawler's name. <laughs> it was like, yeah, hell yeah. Well, this hasn't been done before. Yeah. The Prince of Wrestling with the King of the World? Come on. Yeah. And now the King of the World has Jerry Lawler's crown? It all writes itself. Yep. Uh, all speaking right. Speaking of writing, uh, that was a good show. Should we get to twist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did like, yeah, I apologize. I went long, but it is time for the main event of the evening. Yes, the twist, I said. <laughs> oh, wait, I've got to go. <laughs> okay, so. All right, I'm going on mute and I'm going to eat some potato chips and watch this pay per view. Okay. <laughs> you gotta hit the mute button. There you go. <laughs> okay. WWF presents In Your House, Tokyo, Japan, the feast from the east, coming to you from Ryugoku Sumo Hall, Tokyo, Japan. Uh, we kick off with Sunday night heat. Hang on. The, the feast from the east. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love well, it. So I, you're gonna. You gonna start doing taglines now? Uh, just every now and then. I'm thinking just doing it for mostly the in in my house because they did it as their gimmick when they did those as well to begin with. I mean, I'm already sending lawyers over to WWF for that NWO music, so I might as well send them over for this as well. I told you, <laughs> if you actually look up the Immortal music, it is a slight <laughs> key change. <laughs> I know, I know. It actually oh. is. I don't know how TNA got away with that of all things they got away with. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. All right, carry on in your house. Sunday night heat portion. On commentary tonight is Lord Alfred Hayes and Gorilla Monsoon. Ring announcing is Howard Finkel and backstage interviewer Joel Gertner. Lord Alfred said, uh, tonight only we have separate audio feed for Japanese. Please welcome our Japanese commentary team of the evening, Milano Collection AT and Shofunaki. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> hey, I figured uh, once off it won't, won't hurt. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Funaki, uh, by the way, in the free agent pool. Ooh. <laughs> Lord Alfred also mentions that in accordance with the Japanese authority of wrestling, we have students from the Kantai Dojo present ringside tonight. Dick to go, Terry Boy, Kaz Hayashi, and Grand Hamada. Their job will be to observe and help any injured wrestlers backstage. 
stick to go seriously. Yeah. It was you had part to book of prime time. You had to book him. Yeah, but I already had other members of Kantai already in my roster. Yep. Yeah. So I was a, a bit shorthanded. I needed four for one side of the ring each. <laughs> Anyhow. <clears throat> match number one, the Japanese Rambo match, where you can... Uh, so it is a rumble match where you can be eliminated by pinfall, submission, over the top rope, uh... No handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it, and I'm like, no, that's too much work. Uh, again, this being, as announced previously, the uh, number one contendership for the light heavyweight championship tonight. So the winner of this will challenge for the light heavyweight championship tonight. Uh, entrant number one is Kid Romeo of Free Count. Entrant number two, just incredible of the impact players. And they begin having a uh, fast-paced exchange. Before too long, entrance number three is X-Pac of Degeneration X, who quickly, uh, but as he enters, Kid Romeo quickly eliminates X-Pac with the, uh, oh, what's he called, the good night? Not the, yeah, the last kiss. I was going to say the good night kiss <laughs> uh, for the pinfall victory. But while he's gloating, He's thrown over the top rope by Just Incredible. Entrance number four is Alex Wright of the Boogie Knights. Entrance number five is Finley. And Finley goes on to eliminate Just Incredible after the Rolling Hills with a pinfall elimination. Entrance number six is Gregory. Sugar Shane Helms, a free count. Helms quickly eliminates um, Finley after the vertebraker for the pinfall elimination there. Entrance number seven is Jeff Jarrett of Immortal. And Jeff eliminates both Helms and Wright, who are um, sort of fighting each other near the top rope. He just comes in, as you've seen, the rumble a number of times, grabs one of uh, each person's regs and, and just wheelbarrows them over. Uh, entrance number eight is Dean Malenko of the Radicals. Been somewhat inactive, but uh, that may change. <laughs> Uh, entrance number nine is Val Venus, the American Males. And uh, Dean eliminates Val Venus after the Tiger Driver for the pinfall elimination there. So we are down to, at this stage, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Dean Malenko as uh, the final entrant comes down. Entrant number 10 is Jushin Funderlager. And as he enters, the crowd goes wild. Um, Jeff eliminates Dean Malenko, who's distracted seeing Jush and Liger enter, throwing him over the top rope. So it's just down to Jeff and Liger, and as each man is trying for a submission victory here, uh, Liger hits the rolling thunder, uh, then the surfboard for the submission victory on Jeff Jarrett. Uh, as he poses in the ring, super crazy comes out by the entranceway, and uh, that's your closing shot going off Sunday Night Heat. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, something something different. Uh, putting Liger back in that, that title hunt after he hasn't been in there for nearly a year. Uh, I, I was going to say, I feel like um, he went a bit quiet there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, never know. This could be an awakening. Hope so, hope so. So, 
uh, kicking off the pay-per-view portion, mostly just matches as we go. Match number two of the evening, China of DX versus a debuting mystery opponent. Uh, you might need a mute there, buddy. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know, chips are tasty. <laughs> there we go. Uh, China of DX versus a debuting uh, newly signed Luna Vachon. China seems shocked that this is a mystery opponent. Both powerhouses back and forth contest. China lifts Luna up for the Gorilla Press Slam and the crowd gasps in amazement. But in her hesitation, Luna counters into the Lunar Eclipse for the victory on her debut. Match number three of the evening, the Kurt Angle Gold Medal Open Challenge. So Kurt is in the ring, uh, running down Japan and Tokyo, and the crowd is almost deafening with boos when we hear the music of Taka Michinoku. So Taka of Anokiism is the person answering the challenge here. The ref is in the ring, and it's official. The match is quite technical with exchanging near falls at one point. But after an angle slam, the ref is out of position and does not see Kurt's foot on the ropes as he counts the pin. And the crowd is mad as they boo Kurt going backstage, but then cheer in appreciation for Tucker. Match number four, the WWF Hardcore Championship. The blue guy of the Blue World Order. Uh, Open challenge where he's uh, issued an open challenge for any opponent. So he's in the ring uh, thanking Tokyo, saying they've been a great host. Uh, And then as he's doing that, uh, it cuts to video and it shows the Blue World Order members laid out in the locker room. And then all of a sudden, the music hits. Oh my God, it's a returning Steve Blackman. So... This is just a bloodbath, as Blackman is just caning the hell out of Meany. And it gets to a point where the referee has to hold Black Backman with one arm, waving off the match, as Meany is KO'd and your new hardcore champion, Steve Blackman. Bravo. Uh, Backstage, we see Triple H warming up and the crowd boos. Then a shot of Anoki and the crowd cheers. Intercontinental Championship is on the line in match number five as Brett the Hitman Heart of the Heart Foundation defending against Pat O'Connor of the Sheep Herders. This is a pure wrestling spectacle, very uh, technical, lots of trying to wear the other man down. Brett goes to apply the sharpshooter, but it's counted to O'Connor roll. One, two, three, and new Intercontinental Champion, Pat O'Connor. Whoa. Whoa. Didn't think you'd expect that. Whoa. Huge. Uh, big thing's coming. Yep. Um, match number six for the World Tag Team Championship. The Mexam connection of Herbentu Guerrero and Psychosis, the champions defending against the American male Scotty Riggs and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Another fast start by the Mexam connection, but Psychosis is isolated and Worked over for a long time. He makes a tag to Herventut, who's a fast-paced action, who, um, on Marcus, tags in Scotty. And then Herventut tags back in Psychosis for after Herventut needs a breather. But as he does, um, uh, 
Scotty and Marcus make a quick tag with uh, Marcus clearing clearing uh, Herbert two off the apron. Then both men applying the power flex, a double team finisher for the one, two, three, and your new tag team champions, Scotty Riggs, totally buff, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the American Miles. Yeah! Match number yes. seven. <laughs> yes! All right. I'm... <laughs> Match number seven for the European Championship is William Regal, the champion, with his assistant, Tajiri, versus the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. Uh, Matilda, not in attendance because of uh, quarantine restrictions with animals and such. Uh, the crowd seems to be really behind Tajiri. Bulldog uh, going for power early while Regal is trying to be more technical but also running away to wear out Bulldog. Bulldog goes for a running shoulder tackle, but he accidentally takes down the referee when Regal dodges. And as Bulldog is out checking on the referee, Regal begs Tajiri into the ring and asks for the brass knuckles. But the crowd is booing, and Regal tells them all to shut up. <laughs> so they boo more. And as he turns back to Tajiri, he's sprayed with the mist, and Regal is then hit with the brass knuckles by Tajiri. Tajiri exits the ring to a hero's applause as Bulldog uh, puts the referee back in the ring who's finally awake, uh, picks up Regal, running power slam, one, two, three, and new European champion, the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. Uh, on commentary, Lord Alfred Hayes and Gorilla Monsoon ponder what's next for Tajiri as the Dojo boys help Regal to the backstage who's been blinded by the mist. We now enter our three... Uh, feature bout. So, match number eight for the light heavyweight championship. Super crazy of the Maxam Connection versus Jushin von der Liga of Enochism. Howard Finkel is in the ring for the big championship pre-fight introductions. Acting WWF Commissioner Vern Gonya is ringside. This is an incredible mix of high-flying and fast-paced action with each man trying for their respective bombs. Uh, the crazy bomb, the Liger bomb. Uh, Liger uh, Liger manages to escape the crazy bomb every time. He then sets up for the rolling thunder and applies a surfboard for the submission win and your new light heavyweight champion, Jushin Thunder Liger. Post-match, there's a sign of respect between the two men before um, before Liger poses on the turnbuckles to an adoring home fan base. Match number nine your World Women's Championship match. Brew Bella of Team Bella versus Alicia... Oh, with Alicia Fox versus Bull Nakano of Enochism with Akido Hamada in her corner. Um, before before the champion enters, Bull enters first with Hamada by her side. Um, big hometown reception for her. Then Brie enters. Big championship entrance. Cherry blossoms falling from the ceiling. She's got a elegant silk gown on, uh, silk robe. So she's looking very much the part here. Again, Howard Finkel does the big championship pre-fight introductions uh, with acting commissioner Vern Gonya ringside. Bree is trying to wear down Bull by running around uh, the ringside area, in and out of the ring. But eventually she's caught and hit toss out of the ring. As she's holding her hip, she goes to crawl underneath the ring. But 
As she emerges the other side, falls there waiting for her and grabs her hands. And as Foxy grabs her feet, there seems to be a tug of war. They both pull. But as they do, Gorilla quips, is Brie getting longer? And then both Bull and Foxy fall to the ground. And then Brie gets up. And so does Brie. And the crowd gasps. And Lord Alfred adds, it's twins. Brie Bella is a twin. <laughs> <laughs> then Vergonya rings the bell and calls for the referee and Howard Finkel. After a brief discussion, Howard Finkel announces to the crowd, due to the use of a twin, this match is ruled a no contest. And the crowd boos as Brie Bella, Brie Bella and Foxy leave with the title, but then cheer to show respect to Bull and Hamada. Uh, so it's time for the main event. But just before that, Howard Finkel announces, please welcome special guest referee as chosen by Antonio Inoki, Mr. Fuji. Hey! Yeah, uh, making his uh, debut here of sorts. Gifting us with his <laughs> presence. Perhaps. Uh, so it is main event, match number 10 of the pay-per-view for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. The champion, Triple H of D-Generation X, entering first. A rare sight for the champion, but it being a home crowd, Anoki is allowed to go first per his uh, stipulations he's added. Anoki allowed to go second per the stipulations he's added. Before the introductions, Triple H is just uh, crotch-chopping the crowd to loud boos. Then Anoki enters with the crowd chanting, Anoki Bumaye, which means Anoki, kill him. (laughs) He's in an elegant blue robe with a red and white Mount Fuji on the back of it. As he gets ringside, the chants of Bumaye have grown so loud that Anoki clocks Dick to go of Kai Tai Dojo. Uh, I had to put that in there. That's my little Thank Suzuki you. spot. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, during the Howard Finkel introductions, the crowd boos Triple H again as he, <laughs> as he holds up the title, then crotch shots them. Uh, then for Anoki, uh, Anoki's introductions conclude with the crowd throwing in streamers in, a, in appreciation for him. The bell rings and we are official. Anoki is dominating early as he hits a drop kick to Triple H that inadvertently takes out referee Fuji. Uh, Triple, H is, uh, Triple H and referee Fuji are inadvertently knocked to the floor. And as the crowd starts to chant, Inoki, Bumaye, louder and louder, suddenly, Iron Mike Tyson appears from nowhere behind Anoki and clocks and knocks him out with a knockout punch. And some of the dojo boys for good measure as well. Triple H rolls referee Fuji back in the ring and a pedigree on Anoki for good measure. The crowd is absolutely livid at this point. Fuji still somewhat groggy, doing a slow count. One. Two. Three. And still world heavyweight champion Triple H. As he grabs his belt, he crotch drops the crowd before leaving and they boost her to anger. They all get up off their seats and begin frying their, <laughs> their seats of Sumo Hall into the ring as we go off the air. This looks like a disaster. I love it. Now, you're familiar with the uh, 
I don't know if it was called that at the time, but the first G1, I believe, was between two of the three Musketeers. Chono and someone else, wasn't it? It may have been, but what I'm referring Chono to... Chono and Mudo, and it ended with all the cushions getting thrown in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've gone for there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Little little nods to, to history. Yeah. Just reshaping them for our own, own purpose. So, uh, yeah, another month down, a few... Well, not a few, a lot of new champions, actually. I was going to say, um, what titles didn't change hands? Uh, so... Women's in the world, and that was the it? The women's, the world, and the... Uh, yeah, yeah, just the, the world's still on Triple H. He's had it for... Where am I? So he's had it since the Royal Rumble of Year 2, and yeah. Brie Bella's still the women's champion, <laughs> having it since... Uh, month six of year one. Yeah. So she's now over a year, officially. She joins Edge in the the over-the-year mark as a champion in Fugs. Really? Yeah, Edge year one. Oh, US title for a year? Yeah, year one, month four. Wow. There you go. I'm deliberately trying to wait until he actually breaks the record of longest US title run. What's that? 590-something days, so I think if I just let him have it for at least two more months, he'll break it. Oh, will he? He's already got longer than Dean Ambrose. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, Edge has defended his US title at least twice, so he's got more defences than Ambrose did as well. (laughs) Wait, are we talking WWE or New Japan? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Both of his US title reigns. Um Twists. Twists, I guess. Yeah. Um do I have any new champs? I think I just got the one and that happened on Nitro. Did you yeah. do two? Oh yeah. TV. Yeah, the host the host title. Hosh. So Oh, I got three actually. Shit. Because uh, Wendy Richter is the new uh, women's champion. That happened on Nitro. And then we got Ted DiBiase, the new TV champ, and the new host champ, Ken Shamrock. Oh, yeah. All right. about your women's champ because it happened straight off the bat, like one of the very first things. Yeah, I just wanted to get that done ASAP so I could say I've got... So I can say I did it before you had the chance to do it. Because there is someone on your roster you could do it with, and that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, But I don't think you'll do that, like, immediately with that person. Where's my calendar? I've already got... I've already got booked until SummerSlam, then I've got drafts until Rumble, and I've got bullet points until... The next in your house. Mm. All right. So I've I've released Dory Funk. We already know this. No. I should probably draw out a free agent before we do the twists. That's okay. usually how we do this. Uh, where did I sit that? Huh? 
Oh, Christ. Okay. Is it a good free agent? (laughs) It is a good free agent. (laughs) Yeah, I'd argue that, but I could have some fun with that. There's a couple of things I could do, I guess. I have to. (laughs) My goodness. WCW with a hell of a blue chip pickup there. That's going straight to the power plant. Let that one develop a bit. And that's what a lot of your um roster is bloody blue chippers. We've got a fair few people at the power plant at the moment just working on it. Steve Mongo McMichael hanging out at the power plant with Glacier. <laughs> Um, oh, I I am stalling for time because I'm trying to get to the bit where I write down the notes. All right. Very good. All right. Your first twist out of the gate. Remember, I've got two this month. All righty. Because I have a extra twist from the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have two this month, or do I? So that means this <laughs> twist goes to me now. So you've got one now. Is that my one? <laughs> That's your one. So you've still got another. So you've got a lost turn to opponent. So now I have two twists. <laughs> All right. My turn. All right. I should probably write that down. As uh, Alex brings that up. So, yeah, one of my twists is Alex now gets an extra twist, so it's a good (laughs) thing I got an extra twist last week. (laughs) And I just got a random free agent. That's all right. That's, uh, yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. All righty. But considering who I just pulled out, I have no faith in getting anyone good anymore. All righty. Yes. No. Yes. Maybe. Hmm. I got an idea, actually. Hell of an idea, actually. I'm Hell of a career. A ma- I'm gonna make him a main eventer. I'm not even joking. I got a hell of an idea. Alrighty. Shit on me. Alrighty. Well, I guess we're going to have to redraw because that's not eligible. And you could have just been patient and waited a month. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you might as well tell everyone what it is and then redraw it. It is an out-of-retirement card and there's no one retired anymore because uh, Mr. Fuji was not making a one-off appearance, folks. 
uh, a deal was made, and I'll just say that. A big-time deal. Okay, you're up with that. Oops. Yep. That's how it works. Let's see how, let's see how the cookie crumbles. You'll need to bring up the sheet too, because I don't have that part in front of me of who's got them and who doesn't. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to write some stuff down. Yep. I'm usually a bit more on the ball, but I'm a bit slack today. Alrighty. WWF, shake them up. I mean, it's not bad because... Oops. I accidentally turned off my video, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not bad because you haven't debuted this person. But I yeah. don't know when you were planning on debuting them. And if I'm correct, that's the second person in that particular group of people that's had a wellness violation. Perhaps. Yes. All righty. You got another one. I got another one. Give me a second. I need to think about this because I pretty much got everyone I want now. Um, can pick free agent, by the way, humans. Um... Where do you need someone? Do you need another manager? Do you need another women's? Typing it through now. Because I just remembered he's in the free agency. Yeah, very good. I think that's all then. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just... Now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with that human, that particular person that I just picked up. I'll figure it out. Um, yeah, so hell of a, hell of a show. Um, you've got a pay-per-view coming up next, which would be... No mercy. No mercy. And I've got the Ragnarok Rumble. Uh, just, yeah. I wanted to do a rumble. <laughs> uh, I just really wanted to do one. Seemed like fun. And I've only got a few matches for that because it's going to be a pretty long rumble match. So only a few matches on Thundercard. Yeah. Enough to meet the bare minimum that we agreed upon when we Seven first started. Seven with a this. rumble. <laughs> Seven with the rumble. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. So with that being said, I think it's time to call it a day. Hell of a month. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fruities Alex. You can find us at Wrestle Oz Style with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, Wrestling Oz Style. And you can find Chris at. I am Chris Funder as well. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling Oz Style archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in. Weekly Wrestling Lap Wednesday on YouTube or using the RSS feed found the show notes below for your podcast choice. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. I'm going to have such a shit throat after this, after that Bruce Buffer impression, screaming over bagpipes. And like, oh my God. Also, yeah, just did some serious damage, like chomping down those chips and forgetting to press mute. Hell of an episode.